Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Arnault, and this is part two of a special Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories episode recorded live at the Chicago Design Museum, featuring the theme beginnings, as chosen by museum director and wonderful human being Tanner Woodford. Tanner and the Nerdalogs both brought some friends for a fantastic night of stories and songs, and this episode, you'll hear pieces from Kevin Reeder and Sabella Flagg, as well as music from Jason Seed, Yosef Henry, Tara Ramsey, Claire Friedman, and myself. So much music, guys. Um, if you enjoy your stories, I really think you should come to our next live recording, which is Sunday, February 21st, at the Sun Office Theater, 1917 North Elston in Chicago at 7 p.m. Uh, it's our annual Fan Fiction February month, and this time, for the second half of the show, the Nerdalogs are going to dramatically read a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe script I wrote when I was 14 years old. Uh, it's going to be very silly and very fun. We also have six great storytellers lined up for the first half of the show, uh, so basically we are going to have a super good time, and we hope you can make it. Uh, before we get to this episode, let me again thank our sponsors for today, Cards Against Humanity, as well as the whole Chicago Podcast Co-op, which is doing great things for creative in the creatives in the Windy City. Uh, to learn more about the co-op, go to shypodcastcoop.com. You can also check out all the co-op shows on iTunes, and while you're there, why not rate and review them? We sure would like that too. It really, truly helps us a ton. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys, and with no further ado, enjoy the show. So this also has a Minnesota connection. This does have a Minnesota connection, and no Minnesotan will ever let you forget that, because um, it's by Bob Dylan, and uh, it is the beginning of Highway 61 Revisited. Highway 61 Revisited. Nice. Correct. I went through a big Dylan phase right before I went into art school, actually, so this yeah. has a big indication of like a summer of a big phase of change for me as well. I mean, like Minneapolis is really an incredible city for rock and roll, because you have Dylan, Prince... The end of like, list. Uh, oh, no. The, uh, who's no, no, the no, replacements? No. Yeah, the replacements. Uh, I'm, 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 Soul Asylum. Soul, okay. I'm actually serious about Soul Asylum, guys. They're pretty legit. Do All right. We're going to play Runaway Train right now. Change of plans. Run away train, never go. You're going to say actually Runaway know Train. That's, that's, from being a, that's from being a potbelly musician for five years. You learn things like Runaway Train. Anyway, this is not Runaway Train. This is called Like a Rolling Stone. 
summertime You dressed so fine And threw bottles of dime in your prime Didn't you? Like a cup 
going on during uh, those verses. How can you not? Come on. How can you not? How can you not? No, that's just a hacking impression. Uh, Tanner, are you feeling all right, buddy? Feeling great. Yeah? All right. (laughs) Tanner Woodford, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, coming up first to the stage this half, uh, Nerdalog's founder, wonderful human being, Kevin Reeder. All right. All right. Hi, everybody. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. This is a great night. I'm so excited for this. So it began for us in 1991. I was an awkward five foot two kid. I just moved from a large bustling suburb to a small rural town. You were, and still are, a seven foot two adult. Just four years earlier, you left your hometown in Kinshasa, Zaire to attend Georgetown University in Washington, (laughs) D.C. on a basketball scholarship. Both of us. Strangers in a strange land. I started school that fall in Hinkley, Illinois, a town of 1,100 people. You had just been drafted as the fourth overall pick in the National Basketball Association. The Denver Nuggets select Dikembe Mutombo. Both of us were starting a new chapter in our lives. You would go on to be named the NBA All-Star as a rookie. I would go on to win the school top competition for the standing long jump. I jumped a distance of six feet five inches, just seven inches shorter than you are tall. (laughs) I also liked math. Uh, I'm not quite sure why I started collecting basketball cards or talking about the NBA with my new friends from school. I never really cared about that in my old town. 
I collected baseball cards and really was into Frank Thomas. But in this new town, everyone talked NBA talk and wore starter jackets. All of my friends had their favorite player. So I needed one, too. Now, we all agree that Michael Jordan was the best player that ever lived. Um, but for some reason, my circle of friends, we all idolized our own respective NBA center. Trent's favorite was Shaquille O'Neal. Jimmy's was Hakeem Olajuwon. Matt's was Patrick Ewing. Me, I fell for you, Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> we were cut from the same from the same cloth, and we would beat to our own drum. You were a defensive phenom, winning NBA Defensive Player of the Year four times in your career. You patented your own finger wave, and after every block, you would exclaim, No, 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 not in the house. <laughs> no one could ever quite understand what you were saying because, well, English was your seventh language. It's incredible. I was the shy, awkward kid who would breeze through his studies and freely let people cheat off of his tests because I didn't like to see other people struggle. As the years stretched on, you were traded to the Atlanta Hawks. And you would thrive there for several seasons. <laughs> About the time you were traded, I began eighth grade and entered the too much moose in my hair with a part in the middle phase. <laughs> There's photos. You were starting with a new team, and I was inspired, so I thought I should too. You had never touched a basketball until you were 17 years old. I was 13, so I thought it was ahead of the curve. Let's give it a shot, right? You went on to reach the NBA playoffs as the fourth-seeded team. I played in four of 12 games and made one basket. <laughs> Dubbed Mount Matumbo, you would tower over your opponents as you denied their attempts to score, all the while waving your finger in their faces. When the ball was passed to me, I would freeze in fear and refuse to dribble. <laughs> Needless to say, not all of us were born to play basketball. I would go on to excel in academics and turn my time dedicated to sports elsewhere. Instead of riding the hold card steel bench in basketball, I would ride the hard splintered pine bench in soccer. But through it all, you and I, Deke, we always wore the same number. Double nickel. 55. <laughs> this is my high school jersey. <laughs> You retired from the NBA in 2009 after 19 fabulous seasons. You still pop up from time to time, be it in a video game sponsored by Old Spice. That's true. Blocking wa paper wads and Geico commercials. Being inducted in the, into the NBA Hall of Fame. Or building hospitals for your hometown. We may not see much of each other anymore. Thanks for all the memories, Dikembe. You were always an inspiration to me, always an inspiration to an awkward guy through all of his awkward phases. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Oh my gosh, Kevin here, everybody. Dude, I don't know what it is, but like 90, like around the time of the Dream Team, like 92, 94, 96, I feel like basketball players were like superheroes to our generation. Yeah. I don't know, like I had Dream Team coloring books. Like that's so <laughs> weird. Why would you need a coloring book with like, Carl Malone and Michael Jordan and Scotty, like, I don't know, that's weird to me, but I loved it, I ate it up. It's a weird time for basketball, but the best time. Coming up next to the stage, we have a Chicago-based designer who told me to tell you all that she loves big dogs. This is Sabella Flagg. I also love big dogs, I have big dogs. Hi, guys. 
Today we've been talking a lot about beginnings, and the funny thing about beginnings is that usually something has to end, or it at least changes so dramatically that you don't recognize it anymore. Because if there's one thing in life that's constant, sorry, no, it's a lie, it's three. It's death, taxes, and change. And I'm just gonna talk about change today because that's much better. Um, before I can even tell you about the changes that are happening to me this year, I have to take you back to roughly exactly a year ago this time. Um, and I was in a totally different place this year. I actually found myself in a position that I hadn't been in in about eight years. I was heartbroken for the first time in eight years. And so I did what I did best when that happens. I left the country. Um, because who wants to be here <laughs> when this hurts? Um, I stopped in Seattle for some much-needed R&R from my best friend, and then we spent a lot of time in Vancouver, and then I, I obviously made my way back to Chicago. Um, and Vancouver isn't even the furthest I've traveled on a broken heart. That would be the year I spent living in China. Uh, and that is a completely different story, but the long and short of it is that my now ex-best friend from high school and my ex-best friend from college, who also happened to be the first guy I fell in love with, uh, in my second year of college, they found each other and subsequently lost me. Uh, this, of course, affected the way I dated, because, duh, like, that's pretty, <laughs> like, that messes with your head. Um, I was too afraid to date anyone that I really liked. I was too afraid to even have friends. I'm actually, still to this day, really happy that all my friends are either engaged or married. So when I, when I introduce them to guys that I'm dating, I'm like, no worries here. You've got a man. Um, the, the funny thing is, this also impacted the way that I worked. And it took a really long time for me to realize this. So what was happening is that I'd be really excited to start a new job, but I'd walk in and I'd be like, I'm gonna be here for like a year or like two at most. I could see an end date. And that's how I worked for the longest time. And that's how I dated for the longest time. I just dated people who were okay. If I liked you, we weren't gonna date. We were gonna be very awkward friends. Uh, but things changed. I changed. Uh, and I found the place that I really fell in love with in 2013. Uh, it was really fun. I was surrounded by what I call beautiful va uh, vampires. So like if you ask me later where I used to work and go to their team website and they're just like models. Like I'm like, why am I, this is weird. Um, it was also very challenging. A lot of times I'm just like, am I a moron or is this really hard? Uh, and the answer is it was really hard. Um, and it was the first place that I really felt like home and I started making connections and I started making friends and I felt like I was building a community and, and things were going really well. I walked into this place and I could not see an end date and I tried really hard to figure it out because that's scary to not know an end date. But I didn't have one for this place. Uh, in 2015, I got laid off. Another big change, another heartbreak. Uh, but I didn't travel this time. Uh, I kind of did. I sat on my couch for two weeks being really sad, watching, re-watching all the episodes of Black Mirror, which is the best sci-fi show on Netflix. If you have not seen it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. 
And then I watched all of The Office and cried some more. <laughs> and you know what my friends from work were doing in this time? When I was being completely unproductive because I could not function. They were filling my inbox with leads. They were making introductions for me. They were sending critiques of my resume and my portfolio. And there's a reason why I call them GT fam. Because of this, I was able to kickstart my freelance career and keep my head above water, which basically for me means paying off my student loans and then eating sometimes. <laughs> in December, I flew out to Seattle, which is a city that I've always loved. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I have a photo album called I'm Emotionally Cheating on Chicago with Seattle, but Chicago's cool with it. Uh, and I came back with a full-time job offer. And that guy from earlier in the year, who was the heartbreak guy, uh, despite all the crappy people in our lives, and I want to use a different word, but I want my mom to listen to this podcast and be proud of me, because the last one I cursed a lot, so I'm going to say crappy. <laughs> because of the crappy people in our lives, both in the past and sometimes still present, still here with us, somehow, despite all that, we reconnected, and I still count him as one of the most important people in my life. It's that guy over there, that really cute, tall blondie. <laughs> There's been a list circulating online. I don't know how old it is. Bill's shaking his head because that's his roommate. <laughs> and he introduces him as that asshole. But he's not. He's a good guy. <laughs> There's a list online called What I Learned From Playing Video Games. And it's about uh, 15 points long. And so I picked out some, some key ones that are, are pertinent to what I'm currently going through. Um, if you're facing new challenges or obstacles, then you're going the right way. Everyone is worth talking to. Don't hold on to much, too much crap, because you won't be able to move around as freely. And having just packed a truck of my stuff on Wednesday, I can really attest to that. Don't be, to do, don't be deterred if a challenge is too much for you. Go back, level up, increase your skill, and try again. You also don't have to plow through the main storyline. The best content sometimes is in the side quests. Take full advantage of, of character customization. And the very last one is, decisions rarely affect only you. Choose wisely. And that last one really sticks home for me. Because this place gave me a month to decide, and the morning I had to let the recruiter know, I was still running through my pros and cons list. And I'm all for adventure, and it's very admirable to think that someone runs fully towards adventure without thinking about the repercussions, and that's not completely true. This affects everyone. This affects that guy. This affects my, my friends, both old and new. This affects my family, and I've publicly declared that this is the thing that I'm doing. I packed up my stuff, and it's traveling right now to the West Coast, and there's still one thing that I haven't done, and I'm gonna do it in front of you guys right now. And I, I have not bought my ticket to Seattle, my one-way ticket. <laughs> and I have to leave in like 10 days. So, I have queued up, my phone is literally about to die. I have queued up all my information, and I'm gonna count to three. And on three, with all of your positivity that you can muster, I want you guys to say back to me, cheers to new beginnings. All right, so on three. Ready? 
One, two, three. Let's see. It's reloading. <laughs> Typical. I did it. It's done. Yeah. I have a ticket. That's my story. <laughs> yes! No, like, that was amazing. Since this show started, I have wanted so bad to tell a story that ends in the telling. And you know what I think put that idea in my head? I don't know if anyone out there is going to get this. You are our usual typical nerdy crowd. Almost got him from Batman the Animated Series. Uh-huh. Ever since I saw that, I want to tell a story that ends while it's being told. Sabella, thank you for finally doing that on this podcast. That was so awesome. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Seattle is the best. Guys, more music. We got some more songs. And then we're all going to go home and reflect on this very somber thoughtful night that we've all just had. Starting with our musical guest of honor, Jason Seed with Tara Ramsey, and now Yosef Henry as well. One person in the audience, Christian Bill up here, was like, yeah, I know what Almost Gotten is about. You guys bet me in the animated series is the best cartoon that has ever existed. I know you don't you don't have any reason to believe me, but trust me on this one. It's the best. All right, let's hope I remember all the words. <laughs> and cheers to new beginnings. Yeah. It's been such a lovely night. Um, yeah. Let's hope we can add to it. If my voice cracks, just laugh and let me move on. <laughs> okay, so this is Henry and I have been uh, have known each other for a while. I've been talking about doing some music together for quite a while. And this is the first time we've done anything together, so this is the beginning aspect. I can feel your 
Your Stories is a proud part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you enjoy your stories, you might also like Open Ended. Hosts Cher Vincent and James T. Green take a weekly dive into topics like tech news and code, code switching, and gender, all wrapped in the comfort of listening to two best friends disagree. For more on Open Ended, go to openended.fm. 
This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.